I know what I'll be geeking out about tomorrow. The Infinity War trailer. Yeah. Oh, really? that, and, that and playing with my X-Carp, but I think I'm more excited about the Infinity War trailer. <laughs> There's a new one dropping? Or the real one? Yeah, or what? The, the actual trailer is dropping tomorrow, yeah. Gotcha. I'm not sure cool. if I want to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat. I kept getting screwed. I love it's... what they've already shown, and that might be enough for me. I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm going to end up getting like spoiled by it. I'm sure if I go see Ready Player One, it's going to be before that. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Ready Player One's next weekend? Mm, yeah. Already crap. I still haven't seen Black Panther. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> Hopefully next week. I have to go into Ready Player One. Like... I've been talking to myself about this movie. It's not the book. Not the book. It's not the book. Temper your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get in there already and just. Now, did you, did you really like the book? I mean, was it that good? I liked it. I mean, it was somewhat predictable in the kind of cadence of the story, but there were some, still some surprising you know, elements of it, but I think overall, like, there's these three keys you got to go find. You're like, well, don't, the, don't, yeah, don't tell me anymore. Like, the hero of the story is going to go get these keys. And so, I mean, it's the, the over arc of the story is kind of predictable, but how they get there, there's a few kind of plot twists. Nothing, nothing really big twisty. It's just like, it's, a, it's an adventure story, it's a, it's a trek. It has little bits of, you know, danger and stuff entered in, but there was at no point during that book where I was like, oh man, is he going to make it? Like, is this really going to happen? Like, (laughs) yeah, I knew he was going to get it. It it sets you up from that, like, early on. I think you should record all of your videos right in front of that curtain, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is disturbed. No, the pattern's hurting his eyes. <laughs> no, this. I was reading this article. This is T who gouged her eyes out. Explains why she did it. Oh, <laughs> this sounds it's awfully tame. Ew. So I pushed my thumb, pointer, and middle finger into each eye. I gripped each eyeball, twisted, and pulled each eyeball out of the socket. It felt like a massive struggle, the hardest thing I ever had to do. <laughs> Because I can no longer see, I don't know if there was blood. But I know the drugs. She was on meth. I know the drugs on the pain. I'm pretty sure I would have tried to claw right into my brain if the pastor hadn't heard me screaming, I want to see the light, which I don't recall saying. He said later when he found me that I was holding my eyeballs in my hands. I had squished them, although they were still somehow attached to my head. (laughs) I wish my students could write that well. Was this in Florida? No, it's in South Carolina. She had really pretty eyes, too. That's unfortunate. Before or after? You get a better look at them now. Before. They're going to be all smushed. Now she, now she looks like the dude from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> There's a GoFundMe campaign to help her recover. <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you recover? 
don't know. <laughs> Buy more meth. <laughs> Doctor, unsquish the eyeballs for me. What the fuck, man? Hmm? What's the matter? What's the matter? No, that, that story. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is all your action. I'm like, man, what, what's going on now? She said she thought she was sacrificing herself for the world. Well, Amen. she would be raising the global IQ a couple points. And this is what we have to protect our kids from as they get older. I have a, I have a friend who got a vasectomy because you he said, about where this is going. No, he, he said, he said, I can't bring my, I can't bring a child into a world that's this doomed and stupid. I'm like, you're one of the smart ones. That's why you have to have kids. This world's just as stupid as it was before. Now it's just everybody else knows yeah. all the it, other stupid. Well, people. yeah, that was it. Just has better coverage. We we talked mm-hmm. about that before. Is it is it that the world is sharply moving in a direction, or do we just aware of where it actually is now? She come up with some sort of saying for that, where this you know the world is just as stupid as it was before, except now we have ads that played before the story. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the eyeballs. Like I know that's that's kind of gross, and if anybody is squeamish. It may be very uncomfortable, but like she says she took her her pointer finger, her middle finger, and her thumb and just could you get that in your I guess technically you could have because she did. But like there's not a lot of room to pull your own eyeball out. I mean maybe she had tiny fingers? She's a girl. Hmm. So I like in if you're determined enough, I'm sure you can figure it out. Drugs. <laughs> Meth will make you do crazy stuff. Could you reel the optic nerve back in your head? Or would you have yeah. to like stuff it back like an extension cord? No, I think I think they can they can get it back in. Have you ever heard about the stories of guys playing football where they get hit so hard it actually dislodges their eye? Nope. Uh, there was that. There was that episode of The Walking Dead. It happens. It's it's happened in football games before. <laughs> hmm. Do you guys watch football? No, no, not on purpose. I only I, watch the Super Bowl. I watch it for the commercials. For the commercials even... and to root against the team of everyone else I'm with, just to cause a little havoc. I don't even do that. I like going to movie theaters uh, during Super Bowl. It's quiet. Isn't I have it? place to myself. Yeah. I watched a lot of sports growing up because I, I did a lot. Well, I was an athlete growing up, but after high school, I became very anti-sport. So I've stayed away from it for most what, of my adulthood. What, what caused you to be anti-sport? Became really disgruntled with the way it was set up in high school and seemed like a waste of time. Where you know It was great for athletics, but figure all this time being put into this activity that really wasn't going to go anywhere for most kids when I probably should have been dedicating that time to something else. And it was personal too, because my, my senior year in high school, I got in a fight with my, my varsity baseball coach and basically told me not to come out for the team that year. And that Mm -hmm. put such a bad taste in my mouth. I just, I turned my back on all sports that I was playing. I was done with it. That sucks. I played football in middle school and I had pretty much that same sentiment. Like, this is stupid. Like, there's no reason I should be doing this. It was in Florida, and it was 100-something degrees during the summer. <laughs> it was just, it was death. It was so terrible. And 
I don't know if everybody else got like a playbook, but they would call out some play. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, did you guys play football like in the in the neighborhood with like the kids? Yeah. Yeah. And, like someone there's like four people. Someone throws the ball, other person goes catches the ball, other two people mm-hmm. prevent them from doing those things. So I was just That's like true. out in the field, like trying to catch the ball. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, mm-hmm. trying to get the ball. They're like, that's not your job. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. This is stupid. <laughs> it's hot. And I want to go home. <laughs> I want to go swimming. Yeah, right. I, maybe, maybe that's why I swim so much. Just to get over like that wretched, <laughs> terrible time playing football. <laughs> I played but t-ball I, in, in like elementary school era. I think that was the extent of it. Then I kind of got more into Boy Scouts and that sort of direction than like organized sports. So much more, I was much more happy going fishing or hiking or camping or uh, canoeing and stuff like that than other things. I think then in middle school, I didn't really have any interest. And also like my, my living arrangements at the time, I was living with my grandfather we kind of lived kind of far away from our, the high school or in the middle school. So transportation was not as easy to get out there to, to do things and like the activity buses didn't run as far to get out to get to our house, like after school. So it kind of limited a lot of things that I was able to do, but yeah, I just never really had much of interest. Are you going to put Grant in the scouts? I would like to just so I can have an excuse to build things for him when he claims that he built them. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think there's definitely something to be gained, um, like independence and like sort of uh, believing in your own capabilities and stuff. And every time I hear about things that you guys did growing up, I, I've always been a little bit jealous. And where I grew up was just a very suburban area. We don't have a lot of places where I would really call the outdoors. So the only outdoor mm-hmm. experiences that we had was actually playing a sport. And sports kind of hmm. ran in my family. I played baseball for over 10 years. I actually thought I was going to be playing a lot longer than I was. But because of that disagreement with the coach, I, I basically said, you know, that's about it. Um, and kind of turned my back on the sport. But then I ended up coaching my brother a couple years later. My brother played, my younger brother played all the way through college and actually got drafted by the Mariners. But he got, hmm. he got picked up after the official draft. So he kind of gave that up and you know, he stopped playing too. And just think about all that time that our parents or more from my brother dedicated to driving him all around and at the games and all the money. And it's a great experience. But when you look at what else you could have put that time into to possibly learn or master, I, I'm not sure that's a great trade-off. And I, I, I piss a lot of people off saying that too, because the high school I work for um, is huge with athletics and especially wrestling where these kids have been wrestling since they were seven years old. And mm. Mm. we have probably almost 10 state champions every year from our school. So anytime that I talk ne- negatively about sports, you know, I, I might as well be, you know, burnt at the stake. I'm kind of like a heretic for, for th- saying the things that I'm saying. Wrestling always seemed like the least appealing sport out of any of them. And I don't see how... Like, living in the South, there was a lot of, like, homophobia, <laughs> especially in the 90s. Yeah. And there were kids getting made fun of for, like, having purple hair or, like, the goth look and getting, like, slanderous, like, you know, mean words thrown at them. 
But yeah, dudes can get dressed up in like a unitard with their junk half hanging out and like putting faces in crotches and stuff. And it's like, yay. It was, <laughs> oh it was an episode of South Park, wasn't it? I, um, I wrestled. <laughs> I, don't in, I don't get it. I wrestled in high school. I wrestled. You know, in, now I, that you're saying that, I actually, I think I did junior year. I just completely, or freshman year or junior, I completely blocked it out. Well, <laughs> I'm serious. I did it for like a season and I either got hit in the head or something. I've, uh, okay, keep going. I don't want to interrupt, but it just jogged no. the memory. Uh, I wrestled and played baseball in high school, and wrestling I was, I was decent at, but I got hurt during, well, actually it was self-inflicted after one of the matches, so I, I didn't really wrestle past my junior year. I'm not sure if I should tell that story or not, but hey, whatever. <laughs> I got pissed off after losing a match, so I went over to the wall, and in the, in the gym they have like two and a half inch padding on the wall, and I, I reared back and threw a punch at the wall and broke the bones of my hand. So it put nice. me out for the rest of the season. When I wasn't running around in the woods, uh, I was in my friend's basement. Uh, me and himself, or sorry, my friend, myself, and another fr- friend that we had between us. And we'd have, like, mattresses laid out. And we were just, like, we had um, G- uh, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, Br- Bruce Lee's book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And other Bruce Lee movies and other martial arts, like, influenced things. And we would actually beat the crap out of each other <laughs> in the basement. We just had like two rules, no head like attacks and no crotch attacks. Pretty much anything else, you know, you I mean, it wasn't like full contact, but like it was mostly like grappling sort of martial arts. So then we would try to do like different kicks at different heights. And we actually got pretty good at self like training ourselves. And I think we had like an introductory class at like a martial arts studio for like a week or two. And we did pretty well. And I think that's the, the if if any I got close to any sort of sport, that was the closest one that I had the most interest to or interest in doing while in school. Uh, so that was probably the closest I got to being in a sport. And unfortunately, it was another victim of a difficulty of scheduling stuff like after school and because I live so far away. It was more like a 30 minute drive to get to anywhere from our house uh, one way. And so that was prohibitive and just in my family arrangement. Um, I would have liked to have done that. So I like to give that opportunity to Samantha and Grant. Like, I think I'm more willing to do those extracurricular kind of things as an adult, you know, offering it to the kid where I didn't have a lot of those opportunities to do that, which is the reason I ended up in the basement beating the crap out of my friends. <laughs> Cause they were, they were closer. They were like five, 10 minutes away and, uh, I could like get off the bus at their house and stuff. So, um, you know, it's almost like a, I wonder what I could have done if I had kept going in that interest. You know, I was a red belt in Taekwondo and it was like the one right before black belt. And I didn't want to get, I don't know. I had a goal that I wanted to break four boards all together. Cause I saw it in a, in a TV show or a movie somewhere. Martial arts has like a, you know, an extracurricular wasn't bad. Uh, I learned when Deacon was semi-interested in it, it's kind of expensive. Oh God. Like, especially yeah. for like a little kid. That's but, why I stopped. I don't know. I guess it was the one thing I was kind of interested in. Cause a friend of mine was doing it. And I was like, I get to fight people. They're like, yeah, you put these little rubber hats and you're, you're punching mittens and your little booties on and, <laughs> and you go spar. That's why I loved, I used to, I used to do martial arts too. I was a, uh... A purple belt, which in my school was uh, two before black belt, 
and it was Friday nights of sparring night. That was always so much fun. Until the owner of the school, who was a fifth degree black belt, looked at me and like, "Come on, you're sparring me," and I'm like, "Oh, come on! It's just because I'm the biggest dude here. Stop! <laughs> you're gonna win. I can't beat you." Yeah, did I tell a story about the <laughs> the sparring? Um, what was it like a tournament, a sparring tournament that I was in? No. Okay, this is a good one. I was in the seventh grade. And we went to Valdosta. So it was like a couple hours away. It was like this big trip where we were going to stay overnight. And I had to go to the sparring competition. And I was pretty good at sparring. And so I had one. I think you had to do like, you could do a max of four matches. And I had like the quarterfinals kind of like on a Karate Kid. So I was getting pretty far. And I was up from like my third sparring match of the day. And I was feeling all cocky. And so the kid that I was going to fight had cerebral palsy. Oh, jeez. I'm not joking. Like, he walked on, like, the tops of his feet, and his arms were, like, curled up, and so he couldn't bend at the elbow or the wrist, and his wrists were bent, like, 90 degrees hard over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, his knuckles stuck out. Ouch. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, uh, nope. And they're Come like, right, come on up. They do the, like little hand in the middle of the ring, like everybody come on up here. And then they raise their hand and like the fight kind of thing. I'm like, I can't do this. Like everything about me is saying no right now. They punch you square in the face. Dude. (laughs) I bet he did hard. (laughs) No, I was, I was so pissed. So I'm still like super conflicted about it. And so I got like my half hearted stance and the guy like raises his hand to fight. And so homeboy just like charges at me like on the tops of his feet with like his like fixed arms and stuff, just like roar, like not even fighting or hitting, but do, okay. Do you remember in, in Holy Grail when the knight with no arms, he tries to like, <laughs> he tries to like attack the guy with his helmet. I'll bite your, I'll bite your ankles back. off. I swear it was like, he was like, like shoving himself at me. And I'm like, what the hell? Like in my head. And then they go point. And they awarded this dude a point. I was like, hell no. <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> it was first person to three. And I'm like, uh-uh. This just got real. And so he walks back to this super big smile. And there was, you know those videos where they're like, oh, and then they let the kid with the disability win and everybody like, nope, that didn't happen. <laughs> that dude raised his hand and I straight up just front kicked the piss out of this kid straight in his chest and he fell down. <laughs> Point. And I'm like, you damn right, point. <laughs> and then it came up. I was so mad. And then the next one, because you got two points for a jump kick. And I'm like, I'm sealing this crab right now. And it, as soon as he raises up, I did a jumping side kick. Boom. Three points. Winner. You never, he's like, I've never been able to do this move in combat till this moment. This is my moment right here. Oh, it was. <laughs> It's not that I couldn't. Do, it was just fierce. The music like, started anger. playing. The the god beam shot down through the ceiling, and you were like, "Oh yeah, you are." <laughs> Timmy, who's the master? And I felt, I felt terrible at the beginning, and felt just completely just justified at the end. And I'm, that kid was super sad. I think I don't know. I was gloating, but I was like, "No, there's no way I'm losing this fight." And so the very next match, I get up against a super tall guy. And I'm like riding this high. This was like first and second place, me and this other guy. And I'm like, all right, this is happening. And I was like, 
I just won three matches and then beat up a disabled kid. So <laughs> I got that What's going up? for me. And so this dude comes up and does this, like, it's called a hammer kick, where your, your foot goes super high up in the air and it comes yep. straight down Axia, on Axia. the top of my head that apparently makes you go unconscious really quick. And then out. Out like a light. I was done. He knocked me unconscious. I was done, and I won second place. I didn't win first place, but that second place trophy is in my parents' house, and I'm like, yep, that's got cerebral palsy, kid. <laughs> I'm written all over it. Now, is there any possibility he was just like a practitioner of like a very ancient like fighting style? Like you have the drunken, Dr- you know, drunken type monkeys style. Or- yeah, is there like a, a tonic rain? Timmy? <laughs> tonic uh, rain. <laughs> catatonic crane. Oh my god. Jackie's he was, just, Jackie he was just in movie. character before he got up on stage. Like that was just part of his shtick, right? I, I bet that he like went around the corner and was like, damn it, I was gonna win this whole like on uh, that South Park episode or that really crappy yeah. Johnny Knoxville movie where he pretended to be. No. Yeah. I, I don't know. I bet you always gets the first punch, though. I bet you that that situation is very common for him, you know, or the first headbutt or whatever it counted as. The first point. I'm sure he got that first point on most people he went up against because of that same reaction. It's part of his strategy. What would have been even funnier if, as they went for the second second round, he just completely straightened out and just. (laughs) If he became so fully enraged, he's like. Yeah. Transforms into a normal human. You know, uh, if I if I told that story, I would have just got fired. <laughs> nope. It was like he was like aggressively, like, cuddling. <laughs> it was like fight cuddle, like that's what it was like, all snuggly, and I'm like, I don't want to attack. There's no block for that. <laughs> There's no that maneuver. I want hugs. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I kind of beat up a kid. With cerebral palsy, but he got the first shove. You treated him like a normal person. Sure did. <laughs> that is equality right there. Kapow. <laughs> oh, man. I will kick you in the face the same way I will kick everyone else in the face. So what other stupid it. activities did we do as a kid? I played guns in the woods and we set up booby traps for each other. Can't do that these days. No, what kind of we guns? had we uh, it was just like whatever we could find, like you know, cap guns, laser tag guns, uh, you know, water guns, whatever. But we would, we had like we found old uh, like like drainage and exits, and we made like threw bush on top of it and and hid in there, and we had fishing line we set up trip wires with. That's um, amazing. Oh, dude, we went nuts. It was hilarious. You can't. Yeah, Josh is right. You can't. What's that? I rode four wheelers a lot. Never been on one. We never had room to do that. Because yeah, we played guns a lot. Because we uh, most of kids I grew up with, all our dads were in the air force. They were in the military, so we always had some BDUs or some uniforms around somewhere to go trampling around in the woods with. I got heat exhaustion from wearing full fatigues in the middle of summer because we went to go play guns. Did you know? So, so I had because my mom would bring home like all these. She went garage sailing, so so I'd have like full head to toe. I had the boots, camouflage socks, pants, shirt, mask, hat. You know, whole nine yards. And then one day I'm just like, oh, I don't feel good. I feel like I'm going to puke. 
<laughs> go home, sleep for six hours. What did you go play like Guns in the Woods and stuff like that too? Yeah. Was it much different? Like when you were in the actual military, like how did that play out? Like your expectation as a kid playing around in the woods with your friends and then actually kind of being in that situation? Well, Are those still two completely separate things? I think in that regard, your training was a lot different than mine. Cause as I explained That's before, right. my gun experience in the military was limited to a laser equipped M16 that shot laser beams in pretty boot much camp. playing pretend. It's the same. Yeah, it was it was very disappointing. I was very much looking forward to that because in the the Navy like documentation they would give you when you first like signed up to enlist, they told you about all the things you were going to do, and it didn't mention they were fake. They just mentioned like a firing <laughs> range and like get qualled and everything for that. And I was like, that's going to be awesome. Let's do that. And then we get there and like really laser. And <clears> after nine eleven, they actually rescinded that and actually did like live arms stuff. You know. But I guess they figured the chances of a, a sailor on a ship being boarded aren't very common anymore or aren't very high. So they I don't know what their real reasoning was, but that's what they said. Maybe they're but mostly army basic training was like playing yeah. guns in the woods. It sounds like that would have been cool. So tell me, how was your expectation versus realistic versus the actual? A lot of it was the same. It was way more yeah. structured. Like if you could go to summer camp, but like you just got screamed at. All the time. That's what basic training was like. Okay. Like you went in the woods. You had to like sleep in a tent. It was hot. It was awkward because you're around a bunch of people you don't really know. But then you kind of become weird like summer camp friends with them. You know, have your little summer camp cheers and stuff against the other group of campers. It was pretty much that. And then like, oh yeah. And then they scream and they, that they hate you. And you're going to do push-ups until you die. You sweat a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny because in the Army, they call it getting smoked. Like, if you do something wrong as a group, you all are, like, doing about 100 push-ups until you die. And then it's funny because, like, depending on the time of day, you have things you have to go do. Like, you have to eat at a certain time. You have to go be at this activity or this training event at a certain time. So, like, you're getting screamed at for all these transgressions that are so wrong. And then if somebody look at their watch, they're like, oh, crap. All right, everybody, get up. We got to go eat. <laughs> And so it was just the whole time. I'm like, this is exactly like summer camp. You have a schedule, but I mean, you're just, it's hot. I, don't, I went when it was hot. Yeah. But you're dirty, but it's kind of fun. Like, did you guys ever eat MREs? Like when you were out playing in the woods? Uh, uh, we just had no. MREs, meals ready to eat. Those are like military style pouch meals. Mm. My dad had them. And we would take them out in the woods and go eat them. And at the time, it was kind of novel and kind of fun, even though they tasted terrible. But, like, when you have to eat those every day, they freaking suck. And you get sick of them. You know what the good ones are. And so you, like, you get, you are the one smart people, like, offer to carry the heavy boxes with them in it so that you can bust them open first and get the good ones and then leave the crap ones. Because there are some that are just truly disgusting. But we had a thing where it was like summer camp, like a summer camp, you have to like go sit outside and go eat your food and like your little brown paper lunch bag. Well, they would bring food out and it had these like bar um, height, like picnic tables that are just really long. It's probably like a 20 foot long table underneath a little pole barn. So you start at one end, you get food and then you eat as you're walking down the table. And so the whole like line of people, imagine like you're shoulder to shoulder with people just like eating as you're scooting. 
And then eventually your tray just like falls off the table into the trash and you're, you're done eating. Like now get back out there and do what you were doing. And so now like I just, I eat really fast after I was in the army because it's like, well, I got stuff to do or you learn to make everything into a sandwich really quick. So it's <laughs> like, you got to hurry up because you got stuff going on. Yeah. Basic training was kind of, yeah, it was like playing in the woods with your friends. If you liked the people you were with. But uh, like angry, yelly kind of summer camp. We should start that summer camp for adults and people who want that experience where it's kind of like basic training, but kind of like super fun <laughs> stuff where you get to play video games and watch movies at night. I think you just cool. came up with a good business idea. That'd be a great like mm-hmm. retirement home. Like, you know, once you retire <laughs> and that could be your, uh, your final home. There. Uh, I often wonder, like, if we do when we get to the retirement home phase, is there going to be a tons of like video game systems since that's like our demographic now versus like the current, you know, retirement homes where it's just like shuffleboard and you know what I mean? Like is the, are the whole, the, the games are going to have to evolve to include the electronic stuff that we've come to love. And are we going to be equally able to play it then as well? Or are we just going to give it up because we don't have the reflexes anymore? No, you're just gonna you're gonna have games where it's gonna be like Mario and one coin cube, and that's the entire game. You just see the guy sitting there hitting the button over and over, just ding, 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 ding. I think it's gonna be Ready Player One. I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be like the stacks. That'll be for like, the guys who can still move. Well, you don't really Not have to move. Just think lot. about it. Yeah, I think some glasses, some think haptic gloves. I think it'll be even more beneficial. I mean, especially if the virtual reality yeah. does take on that you could really alter somebody's perception of their life at that stage where, you know, you're not confined to this one small room with nobody around. You know, you could go into the Oasis and, mm-hmm. you know, join the Horde the help- Alliance and go fight with the Iron Giant. I don't know. It'd probably be good for people who are, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what the, the condition is, but kind of like Stephen Hawking. It's uh, kind of like the they're... They're trapped. They're trapped in their own body, but their brain is perfectly fine. Okay, ditch the body and go here. And we have actually pretty good eye tracking software now too, so you could conceptually still move in a virtual environment if it tracks your eyes. I mean, but what's the alternative? You're sitting in a chair, not really able to get up anyway. So whether yeah. you're in a video game where you can see the most fantastical things are around you, or sitting in a boring nursing home watching reruns of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something when you're that old. like <laughs> Because one because one is potentially active and one is passive. I've been in a few nursing homes and there wasn't a whole lot that was active. Yeah. Did, didn't have good enough games. Well, my mom was a, a, a nurse for like a neurologist. So she always had to go see people with brain or spinal cord issues and people with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. And like she would tag me along because I would think that we were going to the movies and she was like, yeah, but we got to go make a stop real quick. And that stop real quick was like an hour and a half or two hour meeting with a patient at a nursing home. And it used to creep me out so bad. But I just look around there and I'm like, this is, this looks like the worst kind of hell right here. Yeah. I've seen working, working for my last job. I, I saw a couple of them that were the bad ones, quote unquote. And actually I have a story from one of those that you guys will love. Um, I'm doing work in one of them and I'm up on a ladder and there's this, there's this old woman who is so contorted. She's literally 
bent over, so her hands are on the ground. She's basically on all fours. I didn't know what was going on. I look over. I see this thing crawl up next to my ladder, look up at me, scream, and then scurry away. I was horrified. But it was like it's that that was one of those. It's one of those like there are some really horrible ones out there. The girl from the the ring was that her grandma? So I was thinking, yeah, that's yeah. that that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like Samara's great grandmother or something. I I have a story related to this too. Strangely enough, I used to do a computer consulting for for a lot of clients, and one of the clients was a, a psychiatric facility. And I remember being there one time, and I. I was, I finished my job and I'm walking out to leave and I ended up having to leave through the courtyard where every patient was. And I walked out there and all of a sudden it was like the walking dead. Everybody came through, you know, at me like this. And one of the nurses came and escorted me out. It was a weird, weird feeling at that moment. Just everybody kind of, you know, moving towards me at the same time in these, you know, weird gowns and fresh you know, blood, yeah. zombie yeah, look on their face. Brains. And it was one of the facilities where they were doing um, clinical trials for a lot of, you know, testing of drugs. So there was a lot of really interesting conditions and behavior there. A lot of muscle aches and chronic fatigue and heart problems and back aches and, you know, leakage and potential cancers and all the other stuff that comes along with those commercials. And after looking like a zombie, yeah. I like how we almost came full circle to where we could segue right back into the girl with the eyeballs. Yes. <laughs> Anybody that listens to this episode is going to be thoroughly confused by today's show. This is crazy. Everything leads back to are... eye gouging. Yeah. The hell Everything. were these guys talking about? And we never did an official intro either. So just jump right nope. into it. Okay. That's the cool trend these days. It's just to jump right into your show without saying who you are anymore. Oh yeah. You should know by now. I'm Steve. That's Brian and Dale. <laughs> and Jim. And Dale. And Dale. Dale. And Dale. <laughs> this is these are my these are my co-hosts. George, 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 and George. And Jorge. What have you guys been what you guys been working <laughs> on? I I've been softwaring and X carving. So, X carve. I got rid of my X carve stutter. Which I'm cool. very happy about. Let me play with that all tomorrow because I got the uh, that Adafruit um, plug that the Arduino can turn on and off. Oh, it's like the relay. Looks yeah. like a surge protector relay. Yeah. Yes, yes. I can't wait. Tomorrow's gonna be fun. I'm getting up early. <laughs> I have to do some X carving. Yeah, I got an order I got to do. It's sitting on the floor underneath a pile of two by fours. You got your, well, you, your entire setup's going to be in your garage, right? Mm-hmm. How this are is... the uh, beds aligned with the respect to the garage? Like, will you be able to do stuff at night? Yeah, because the garage like sticks off the side of the house independently. Ah, sweet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I got the excavators on the floor. I built a bed, so the workshop is semi up and running. So I built my daughter's bed little Pinteresty looking house frame kind of thing. It's super minimalistic and I don't know why they're so popular, but it's cute, I guess. And what else? Oh, I got a truckload of walnut delivered the other day. They had a guy that had rough sawn a bunch of trees. And so I have a stack of walnut in my garage. It stands probably four foot high by four foot deep by about 12 to 14 feet long. 
Dang. For 250 bucks. Damn. Dang. Yeah. So I have to now sticker it, which means to like separate it with um, like uniform kind of slats so you can have like gaps in between the boards so they can dry out properly. Yeah. But it's a lot of wood. Holy crap, it's a lot of wood. And so I want to start building like my dining room table and stuff, but I don't know if that wood is ready. Mm. So it's it sucks because like I, I want to build a table and I may have to go to the walnut guy to go buy some walnut, even though I've got almost like half a metric ton of it in my garage. <laughs> Seems weird. But yeah, the workshop's coming along. It's really fun. I don't know if we said it's it officially, awesome. but congratulations on the house. And yeah, man. Starting yeah, to yeah, congratulations. And, yep. Super cool. In the house right now. I hope the sound quality is better. Internet hasn't dropped out. Mm. I don't really think I've heard a stutter. Yes. Butter. It's about time. <laughs> you, just, you just Mr. burns that. Mm-hmm. Yes, excellent. Yes. After, what, a year and some change of doing this, I finally have another stable internet connection? Good God. <laughs> it's a roundabout way to get a new internet service provider. <laughs> All the prerequisites, huh? Yeah. Wes, how's your uh, how's your Nerf cannon going? Pretty well. Uh, this past weekend, I uh, got approval to basically wall myself up in my workshop pretty much the entire weekend. And I had uh, Corey uh, Crehan, who was a mod in Bob's uh, Twitch channel. He lives mm-hmm. in Richmond, Virginia, so he came down uh, and crashed for two nights, helped me build. He's actually a Nerf like aficionado. Like that's mm-hmm. his jam is just like modding them and collecting them and everything. And so I actually tasked him with finding a Nerf gun that was pretty powerful, not too big and had like an automatic electronic kind of firing capability so that we can mod it and actually add switching to it for the Arduino to control. Good. I was, I was kind of disappointed. You didn't go with the, uh, the Nerf rival. (laughs) Oh, the little circular balls. Yeah. Yeah. Those things have some those things hit with a thud. <laughs> I love that gun. Do they have a, a flywheel that spins up, or is it like a? Uh, yeah, they no, they One have they, they, a couple of them do now. A lot of them are automatic. Okay. Is a, a trigger pull like actually pushing a piston, or is it electronic like trigger pull? You know what I mean? Um, like, is it is, is there like an action that triggering that I that I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'll have to look at it. Maybe that's version three. All right. But we had uh, him down, and then uh, George, who's a. T- Technically woodworking is his handle. He's on the Twitch streams a lot. He lives like 10 minutes from me. He came over and uh, Dave Ingram from Ingram Designs. I have a couple of local people here actually. And he came over at another point in the evening or in the weekend. And uh, we took apart a Nerf. Let's see. It's an Elite. Uh, not sure what model it is, unfortunately. But we took it apart and he put some electronic uh, controls in it. So that we could trigger it with an Arduino and use Arduino to uh, spin up the flywheel and also the piston that pushes the Nerf round into the flywheels to launch them out. Those are both independently controlled. And we set up a uh, kind of a gantry using leftover X-Carve parts that I got from Luis when I got my CNC. And I had just enough. It was kind of like, here's my pile of all my... Uh, aluminum extrusion stuff and a box of like random nuts and bolts. This is what we have to work with, you know, for the most part. And he's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so it was it's like, like Junkyard drops... Wars type deal. Yeah, exactly. It was a Junkyard Wars. Yeah, he, he came up with some pretty good designs and uh, we ended up trying servos. Excuse me. I kept mixing those up. 
over the weekend, stepper motors and servos. We initially tried stepper motors and we didn't have the proper gearing stuff set up uh, in order to take, we needed more torque than what we expected. So I had to end up 3D printing some stuff, but the time it took to do and research and trial and error of 3D printing gears that were strong enough and big enough, we didn't really have time for. So we ended up with a super janky setup where we had a servo attached to like a linkage that was basically like a parallelogram. So whenever the servo moved a little bit, it would move this linkage that was super sketch <laughs> to aim it left and right. But we got it working. So we were, I got the Twitch stream up and running. I had it set up a bunch of Nerf um, targets like a surge cans. And I had little styrofoam things I carved on my X-carve that uh, make a great popping sound when you hit it with a Nerf round and they go flying off because they're so lightweight. Hmm. Uh, so I set a bunch of those up and people can go into the chat on my Twitch channel and control left, right, and then left more and right more to get like a further animation. So you don't have to like toggle, toggle it, you know, one degree at a time. And then I have regular fire and a burst fire. So it actually does like a little strafing action while just continuously holding on a trigger. And mm. I had an awesome video on Instagram where I set up five surge uh, things. And it looks like I have a targeting system. The way the, the things landed and hit, it hit the five, each exact uh, can like in uh, sequential order, like tick, 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 and they all went flying off. It was like I had some sort of Terminator Nerf robot that I made. It was completely random that it did that. That's <laughs> like awesome. I just programmed it and hit run, and it, there it goes. And so I, I ditched the uh, servo. I've gone to stepper motor for the uh, pitch up and down. So I've got that working, and now I'm waiting for another board to control my other uh, stepper motor to turn left and right. So I'll have the two different axes of movement and after that I'm going to go on to some other stages of like active targets that actually write themselves back up and detect when they're hit with different servos and other mechanisms and then I've got some other ideas for uh, some can scoring you, stuff huh? Can you make those targets make a noise when you hit them? Sure I forget what it's I forget what it's called but you should make them make that the, the most famous movie scream Oh, the Wilhelm scream? Yeah, the Wilhelm <laughs> scream, yeah. Yeah, I would like to have them hooked up to Arduino system so that it detects when they're hit and also be able to write themselves back up after end of a round, kind of like bowling alley pins kind of concept. But it's neat because it's going to be like a video game, but it's real life because it's in my shop, but they're controlling it through a computer. So hmm. I'm basically making a video game out of my shop, essentially. Nice. So it's kind of neat. So and how I'm, does I someone like gain control of it? You just have to jump in my Twitch channel and you just type the actual commands in the chat. You type left or the, the commands can change, you know, if it becomes a problematic that people accidentally type them. But as it is now, you just type left and you'll see the screen have a camera looking down the sights of the gun. So you type left, hit enter, and it'll move left like so many degrees. You type left two, it'll move like 10 degrees, right, right to fire and burst are all separate commands. Um, right now you have to work together with other teammates or other people in the chat to, cause that another person can screw you up as it is now right. and type right or left. So there's not like a, uh, indiv individual control that's given to each player or whatever. I would love to implement that where maybe mods or some, or not mods, but, uh, subscribers will have like be able to buy time or have mm -hmm. time allotted so that only that one username, it responds to commands for like a certain amount of time or maybe someone, uh, 
cheers a certain like 50 yeah. cents they'll get like two minutes where it's just access for them or some some mechanic i'm not sure what but that would be cool yeah and my ultimate idea you guys see in the video here in the video feed i have like spaces where i could put like big targets up on this shelf and also like on this uh cabinet behind me i want to put a monitor back there and have other makers record like uh antagonizing comments and stuff so they're like egging the, the crowd on so you'll see like bob pop up like come on you you know say something out of context that bob would normally say kind of like poking the bear sort of thing or have izzy come up there with his viking hat you know talk some crap to uh get him to hit, get hit and have like different different maker cameos show up in my shop that people can shoot i think that'd be kind of cool mm-hmm. have a sport, special scoring for that i don't know whatever i can come up with i want to try to do it make it as outrageous and stupid as possible I want to make the like the don't shoot animation. They're like the helpless <laughs> like victim. Like, ah! <laughs> but yeah, if you guys have any other ideas for interesting stuff like that, like just shoot them at me. I'm looking for some so cool, cool novel. Yeah. You should have um if they miss or if they hit, you should have like a little LED screen in the back of the duck hunt dog. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You're muted, Sean. It kind of lends itself to setting up a leaderboard also. It absolutely yeah. does. So there's like one key target that actually generates some sort of, uh, you know, ranking or something. Or one specifically that is paid based on like the bits maybe they bought before or something or, you know, connected right. to the bit system. There, There's a system that I'm trying to implement where it's like an in-stream currency. Like I've seen other channels have this as well. And in mine currently, just sitting in the chat, you'll get a certain amount per minute. If you're a follow, if you follow me, you get like a bonus multiplier. You'll get like three times the normal amount. If you're a sub, you get five times the normal amount. Different kind of things as perks and incentives to participate in different ways. If you host my channel, you get something. Um, you can buy uh, tokens um, for it, like there's like a trans or a um, exchange rate of bits to tokens or donations or whatever. There's all kinds of possibilities, but I would like to have tokens be maybe the way that people play it to get. So people don't necessarily have to drop a dollar. They just, if they earn it by participating in the stream, I think that's a cool Mm -hmm. idea. And then maybe have some mechanic where there's like a fight between, you know, similar to what Bob's runs into a lot where top, you know, uh, cheerers are like fighting each other, have Mm -hmm. some other mechanic that incorporates the gun, the nerf gun into it, maybe like a, a boss battle or you're fighting the top person. I'm not sure what exactly, but if I could sort of leverage that in a different way, that would make sense. That'd be kind of cool. Um, like, like the top leaderboard thing, maybe you have him as a guy you need to take down. He has hit points. Um, I don't know. You know the, the more that you talk about what you're planning on doing with Twitch and other reports that come out, I, I really get the feeling sometimes that that is a more accurate reflection of what's going to happen with entertainment in the future, as opposed to just the, the passive video on, on YouTube. And it's, I think it's really interesting. In fact, there, this is going to go off topic a little bit from what we already established, but last, we? well, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, we were kind of like focused on like childhood shenanigans, but now we're talking about, yeah. about this, but last night there was a Twitch record, uh, completely shattered with 600,000 concurrent, viewers on a single channel damn wow Fortnite. it was Fortnite. it was with drake with uh ninja i think like one of the top streamers on twitch 
And that's an insane amount of people on a single video stream. It is. And just I worked about... on that game for a couple months, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just had to plug that in there. But just thinking about the potential for advertising revenue and exposure and, and all those different things, um, I'd love to see creative get a little bit more exposure that way on Twitch too. Because I know it's mainly gaming, uh, but the creative side is doesn't quite get the same attention. But it'd be it really doesn't. cool if it did. I, I think it's I even better. Casey Neistat has a Twitch channel now. Ugh. I'm not sure how I feel about that. YouTube's golden boy. I don't know how interactive he is, though. I don't know, but I mean, it's not that like, ooh, somebody popular is doing this because I mean, people already do that. But if if someone like Casey Neistat, who is you know a, a poster child for YouTube's platform, not to make a switch, but like to lend credence to this thing, it's not just like a bunch of you know weirdos playing video games. Like there's. I mean, it has been a legitimate platform. It doesn't need Casey Neistat to be legitimized, but it is a pretty heavy-handed asset to to gain. Yeah, we might have to do like a real full episode or a deeper dive on on some of this. I think. I think there's a lot more to kind of cover. Well, Twitch. I mean, I'm I'm learning and growing on Twitch as you know as a second person hanging out there, but people will stick around and watch Bob eat a hamburger. Like it's, it's crazy. And I remember thinking that like he moved the camera. So the camera was like right next to his mouth while he was eating a hamburger. It was really gross looking. And there was like 70 people hanging out, like not being disgusted, not being like revolted to the point of just like leaving and never coming back, like making funny comments. I'm like, you have people right now are watching you eat. A cheeseburger from all around the world yeah and are being entertained like air quotes like being entertained by you eating a cheeseburger i'm like this is madness that's more voyeuristic though isn't it mm-hmm. i don't know maybe it's just because it's bob and it's well he's uh, he's basically I celebrity don't... status within that that market truth but i mean if you were trying to do that on youtube imagine you spent 40 seconds or no it was longer now a couple minutes of a youtube video of you just the side of your mouth eating a cheeseburger like actually hell i don't know how that would go over people are weird i demonetize (laughs) myself but like people were were giving him bits like he was being rewarded for his weird silly like cheeseburger (laughs) eating antics like that's the community on twitch that just has a whole different mindset than entertain me on youtube it was like let me let me be interactive and enjoy whatever it is that you're doing together. Yeah, it's just, it's a paradigm shift. It is. That became even more apparent to me when I did the simulcast on both, like the same t- stream on both at once. And I got the chat streams or chat uh, listings from each service and to see how people interacted with me differently. It was the same output that I had, but just the audience, how they di- differed in the way they interacted with me was pretty telling as well people would like beg me to give them a, a shout out on on youtube like hey can you say my name on stream you know and that's what they would say in the chat versus twitch where there's already a mechanic in place to sort of acknowledge people by name mm-hmm. if you take advantage of that whereas youtube doesn't have that and it's sort of like expectations just like like say the audience culture is drastically different it's kind of interesting I wonder if that cool little inside club, like 
platform for the misfit toys is going to feel now that they're going to be a lot more popular and the pool of people is going to be diluted a lot more. Mm, True. You may not be able to get the same kind of individualized attention. So I think the first, whatever stream of the month, Bob like gives stuff out to subscribers and we did the 3d printer giveaway. And one of those will gleam like add a, you know, a, a slip of paper into the bucket was to go visit Twitch stream. So he had like double his subscribers mm. after that gleam, after that, that 3d printer giveaway. Well, so we read off all the names of people. I think it was like four people or whatever, like none of the regulars air quotes, like knew who any of those people were. I was like, Oh, it's because hmm. you guys have now just, you're the door. Have been a lot more people. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot more people know the password to your secret clubhouse now. And I wonder if it was, I wonder how that made them feel as like an insider group. Um, or if it's like, yay, the more the merrier, hooray, we're all inclusive and this is wonderful and we're now a community or it's who are these now strangers who are just here just because they wanted to get a 3D printer. Depends how many come back, right? Yeah. Hmm. Everybody saw out their eyeballs after this? Everybody's I'd good? love to. Everybody caught them. All right. Want to claw mine out? <laughs> mine are in my hands, like that guy from Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> Has anybody seen? Speaking of that guy, that guy was also in. Is it the the Sound of Water? The Color of Water was his new movie. Shape, that won shape, the shape, of the water. shape, the Shape of Water, or or that, that, same that Doug Jones that fish, Fishbone, that, that Fishbone guys, movie. Have you seen this movie? I know nothing I, about it. I have it. I want to see it. I'm really curious if it's Abe, if it's how they found Abe Sapien <laughs> from Hellboy, because <laughs> that, that is the first thing. Is almost the same makeup. It made me think of exactly that. Is it an alien movie? Like, what is happening? What's the gist I don't, of this I don't, movie? I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Like, I, Tracy wanted to see it, and I wanted to see it, and it won an award. So it's it's got to be more than just some weird weird fantasy <laughs> jaunt. I'd never even heard of it. And so the Oscars, and it was like, oh, it's a sci-fi movie with a bunch of cool effects. I'm like, mm-hmm. I heard um, Annihilation was really good. With uh, Natalie Portman? Yes. I was kind of interested, too, because it, it looks cool. Like It, it looks kind of unique. So it's, it's it's like, oh, you know, it, it's not a remake or a reboot or a rehash on another idea as far as I know. How cool would it have been if that was like a secret entry into the into the Alien franchise? And like Natalie what Portman as Ripley's daughter or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Alien franchise is kind of dead. Mm. I don't I mean stop stop making prequels. Well, speaking of movies and stuff, what are you guys geeking out about? Uh Fantastic Beasts 2 and Infinity War trailer. I'm kind of excited about those two. Just because I liked, I liked the core group of characters from Fantastic Beasts. I thought they had a good chemistry. They were fun to watch. What are you geeking out about? I think I'm getting far on Breath of the Wild. But I can never tell. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. How many of the Guardians have you finished? Like the cat, the, the dungeons or whatever that are like the, the animals? Have you, yeah. I've got three of the four Divine Beasts. Yeah. But... So this is Zelda on, on the Switch for people who don't know. But, like, that game is awesome. It's and amazing. It, it just keeps on going. 
Yep. <laughs> I put like 270 hours into it. Oh my I am a ridiculous amount of time into this game. And Deacon and I play it together. And he gets so into it. But he was like, what do we do next? I'm like, buddy, I don't know. <laughs> just, what, the one you thing I did know. that I love to do the most is look in the distance and just anything orange, like that you can mm-hmm. see any tower or thing, just go to it, like at whatever cost and whatever lies between you, make that your objective. And I just kept yeah. doing that all over the whole map. And it was so much fun. I'm at the point now where if you're on a tower and you can like use a little paraglider to go somewhere far away and you pass over stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm like, if I pass over something, I'm like, Ooh, what's down there? And I just drop. Yeah. And I find neat things. Yeah. So good. But there's many points where I'm like, I need to call Wes. Cause I don't know what it is that this thing is supposed to be doing. This thing <laughs> I'm standing in front of is significant and I can't uh-huh. figure out why. So I drop <laughs> a little marker and then maybe I'll come back to it. Yep. That game is awesome. And I know I'm late to it, but it's okay. You can never really be late to it because that game just never ends. It's true. I like your naming scheme for your horses, by the way. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> and Renee. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was oh, like pickles and cuddles. Nice. I ended up everything with dolls for some reason. <laughs> Pickles, cuddles, puddles. Yeah, except for Epona, I couldn't name it anything but that. Pretty geeky you know about us. Uh, I've been watching Jessica Jones season. Uh, just came out. Yeah, gotta get that. Pretty good. And uh, what else? The Flash has come back. I'm watching some of that. Just that's been pretty nothing... good. Yeah, it has. Flash been. has been good. Um, that's pretty much it. Nothing super crazy, but how about you, Sean? I was going to bring attention to something, but I think I'm going to save it for the next episode, given the context of this episode. Um, (laughs) it's not a big secret. I just, I think the context will be better for for what I'm going to mention. Um, I don't know if I'm really geeking out about anything specifically other than make for coming up. And I don't just, I've I've been talking about the drawing stuff for the last couple of weeks, but I'm still really enjoying that and looking forward to actually doing some actual animation. So I've been diving back into that world and it, it's weird because I've kind of left it alone for about, it's been almost 20 years, I think, or pretty, pretty like 15 years since I've you know, looked into any of that stuff. So I'm kind of beside myself trying to catch up with all this stuff. So... I'm geeking out at the same time as I'm trying to prepare for everything next year. So that'll be my, awesome. my part. So. I'm excited to see what you come up with all the animation stuff. I'll live vicariously through you. I like to still bring it up in some of the stuff I do, like with the videos and whatnot. I'll try to sprinkle some of that in just to have me keep that kind of uh, skill set alive, but I definitely don't do it as much as I'd like to. It's always awkward because I have all the technical knowledge of, of how all that stuff works, but I am by no means the best artist out there at all. So it's it's weird and a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes sharing some of the things I'm working on because I, I know how it usually gets viewed, especially online. So I try to make those disclaimers you know, anytime I can. But having fun all the while. And as a special kind of lead up to our Maker Fair appearance in May, we would like to let you guys know that we're going to be doing live shows on our YouTube channel 
uh, Making Geeks. Search it out. Uh, we're going to be live shows at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. So if you guys want to check us out, interact with us live uh, in the chat, then that would be a good opportunity to kind of see kind of behind the scenes, peel the curtain back a little bit, see how we operate, see what kind of stuff gets cut out of the recorded episodes. Cause I'm sure there'll be stuff that falls, uh, falls onto the editing floor as it, as it may, as it is. So like the um, first half of this episode, <laughs> first half. Yeah. This one's going to be a neat, interesting edit, but um, yeah, if you'd like to join us, make sure you subscribe and set notifications on and just, put a calendar notification that we're going to be recording on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern for live shows up until Maker Fair. And speaking of our audience and making sure that you guys are aware of what's going on, please check out makingeeks.com. We would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, suggestions for the show. We love getting all those messages from you. And right there on the homepage of the website, you can listen to all of our past episodes. Check out our impressive list of past guests that we've had and i think we have a couple more lined up in the next month or two so make sure you stay tuned for that all at makinggeeks.com and you can find us across all these social medias on instagram at making geeks podcast on facebook and twitter at making geeks and we'd like to thank our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash making geeks for helping us keep the show rolling and provide an opportunity for us to show up at places like maker fair, uh, this coming may without their help. It might not have, might not be happening. Actually. I think it's safe to say they're helping us, uh, pay the bills in that regard. So we want to thank all y'all for being patrons. And if you'd like to help us out and battle our top patron, Mr. Seth Williams for his coveted title, then, uh, uh, Head over to patreon.com slash making geeks. And you can find us all individually all over the internet at geeksmithing.com, geekbuilders.net, asylum designs all over social media, and the piworkshop.com. And I'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us. I know this was a roundabout, super silly episode. <laughs> we, we got on an odd topic and decided to keep going and rolling with it. So I'd like to thank you all for hanging out with us. You can tune in every Saturday. Or, like Wes said, if you want to interact with us live, tag out with us Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on our YouTube channel, and you can come out and talk with us. You can be part of this silly conversation that we have as a nice little therapy session. So, everybody, from us to you, we hope you have a fantastic week. See you guys. See you later. <laughs>